now when you know when you're living in such a like a fast-paced world so with the internet and everything people want something authentic so they they find vintage and i feel like even that's become like a trend in itself right people oh i just want to buy that because it's got character or whatever i'm reg ferguson and i'm a fashion consultant from new york city born and raised i've been helping men look fly for years and now i want to help you learn more about menswear the entrepreneurs the brands and top fashion tips on the fashion geek podcast for a clothing item to be considered vintage it has to be at least 20 years old i've got that covered easily i have items from the 20th and the 21st century sounds so freaky and scary anyway i keep items because i like them and enjoy them they're not out of style they're classics. So that's my definition of vintage. But what if you're a person who likes gear from a particular era? The 50s, perhaps. How do you source those items? Where do you go? How do those items compare to today? Quality, the craftsmanship. Are there any advantages to buying and wearing vintage? Yo, this is Reg Ferguson, fashion geek number one. How are you? Welcome to the ride. Thank you so much for listening. I'm a men's fashion consultant here in New York City, and I help the everyday man go from fashion confused to fashion confident. If you ever found yourself staring at the closet, not knowing what to wear, or if the idea of shopping for clothes makes you feel physically ill, then this is the show for you. My goal with every episode is to help make looking good feel easy. If you ever want my help, email me at reg at nyfashiongeek.com for a consultation. If you have a friend who's looking to level up his fashion style wardrobe game, please share an episode with them. While you're at it, if you dig the show and haven't already left us a rating and review, please consider doing so now. Your shares, ratings, and reviews help us grow the show and help us get the best possible guests and help more men dress their best. Today, we're going to talk with Ethan Wong, who is in Los Angeles. We're going to talk about something the everyday man should have an interest in. Why should we be interested in vintage clothing? Ethan, back in the building. This is your second time. You're my first return guest. I'm very, very honored to be that person for you. Uh, hey, man, I'm very glad to have you at that maiden voyage. So... uh Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know when you'll be hearing and seeing this, but it is the day after Thanksgiving, a.k.a. Black Friday. And uh, Ethan, since he's in Pacific, he's three hours behind. I'm just so flattered that he woke up to uh, to make this happen. So thank you, Ethan. Of course. I mean, you know, the food coma, it didn't stop my alarm, which is good. So I, I was <laughs> able to be be here on time, you know? <laughs> There was a lot of good food. I actually I went to my uh, my girlfriend's uh, family one. Um, so I, I actually this is the first time I've ever done like two Thanksgivings in one day, basically. So I am I was completely tapped out. So much food, just I mean I I, I even napped during the day. There, like my girlfriend even took a video of me holding like a like a barbecue stick. Yes, like, you know, I saw have, that. Yeah, yeah I was like, like, wow, that's uh, that's concentration, Holmes. Yeah, I'm surprised. Yeah, I've never like I don't think I've ever held anything like in my hand like sleeping before. I'm like I'm pretty surprised, you know. If I if I ever had to like defend myself, you know, if I'm like camping and there's yeah. bears around, I I know I'll be prepared a little bit, you know. Snap if you, if you yeah, if you literally were on a line for some crazy drop, 
you you, you sleep in the head. Yeah. Ma! Ma! <laughs> no, me first. <laughs> Get in that suit now. There we go. I was you know prepared for Black Friday, um, but no, my 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 my, my Black Friday uh, days are like kind of behind me now. I feel like once you get into like menswear, menswear, you're not really uh, lining up. I guess it's like the mall anymore, right? Like that's not really like a thing that happens um, for like the tailoring side anymore. You know? No, no. I mean, I grew up. It's funny. Every Black Friday, I can think of relatives who are gone. And my aunt, who's still here, because we just always looked askance at that. Like, who goes hours on a line yeah. for some alleged deal? And like you said, now let's make it more germane to you and I. Yeah, like Brooks isn't saying, hey, come on, guys. Brooks Brothers is going to open here at Madison Avenue at 5 o'clock. Let's go. Like, yeah. that's. It's just virtually unheard of. And in the case of me, since I've got some years on you, there is nothing that I need, bro. My wardrobe is truly complete. My clothes have clothes. So someone would have to knock on my door and give me an offer. Like it's I just, mean, yeah. Now that with video you can see behind me, like there's there's clothes that you have got, clothes got, yeah, you got so. some gear up in there. That's right. That's right. I mean it's a lot a lot of it is Vintage, all I've had for a long time, and some of it is like, uh, you know, improvements. You know, like you know, I, I might have thrifted something before, but then I get like a, a better quality version, or or just something that matches more of my current aesthetic. So it's there's not been too many changes, but it's always been big. So that's kind of <laughs> I'm, I'm the same way. I don't really need to. They, yeah, they would have to pay me to shop there. You know, I don't I don't really need anything. Right. Yeah. For me now, it's a color. I don't have that in this color. Oh, there you go. That's that's yeah. That's the real temptation. It's like, oh, I have it in like brown check, but what about the gray check? You know, <laughs> it's ugh. That, hey to me. That's how again. That's how you all of a sudden it's the breath of the wardrobe. Yeah, exactly. But you hit on something, mm-hmm. so I think it's a good starting point for us. You said, and I, and I, I mean, I could argue the same thing, but again, we're being very specific today about vintage. You said that sometimes you'll make a purchase on an item and then you'll upgrade said item. So the real immediate question is, because this is your expertise, right? I'm not a big vintage guy. It's not that I don't have vintage pieces. And unfortunately, I lived a long enough life now that stuff that's contemporary for me is vintage. vintage, When someone says that, I'll beat their ass. (laughs) So, you know, how long? That's a vintage. Shut up. So... Anyway, <laughs> why <laughs> why should a person get into vintage? Let's just let's just hit that foundational Ooh. question. Yeah, I mean, vintage to me is always it's always int- more interesting than than modern stuff. I think a lot of people um, have different reasons for getting into vintage. I think right now we get a lot of talk about like authenticity or like patina, right? Like pe- people want uh, character. Uh, right? If I hear and... that word again, I'm going to kill somebody. <laughs> Live life I mean, it... and you'll have patina, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. See? So there, there is that aspect of it, which I, you know, I think now when, you know, when you're living in such a, like a fast paced world so with the internet, everything, people want something authentic. So they, they find vintage. And I feel like even that's become like a trend in itself, right? People, Oh, I just want to buy that. Cause it's got character or whatever. You know, it, it goes 
like no offense to those guys but like it gets crazier when like guys are buying basically like destroyed pair of jeans over like regular ones like, yeah I, which like, I, you know, I hate that as well that that's kind of that's kind of weird to me but what i can't excuse or i guess the thing that, that i actually like about vintage is that there's usually details whether it's in construction or the fit or just like extra stuff like you know pleats a certain way or whatever that make vintage much more interesting than a contemporary item and that's kind of what started my whole journey like recognizing that you know certain shirts certain jackets certain pants just had something different and the only way at least at the time when i started was to get it through vintage and uh and now you know if you if you like those details um you can probably find that you know there's there's a lot of brands now that are doing great things or that there's like repro brands but if you don't have like the money you know, to get like a Mr. Freedom workwear jacket, you know, you can try and hunt for the, maybe not the original one, but like, you know, vintage versions of it, you know, and that's also one reason why I like it. Cause it's, it's also usually affordable, again, depending on your taste. So that's like the overarching thing for me. It's just, it's about those details. Well, you hit on something. So, and also I like to shout out a brand that I see occasionally on the gram and I like what they're doing. I know, you know, them Scott Fraser collection. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, that seems to be the real deal from the times mm-hmm. I've looked at uh, his post. It looked great. Do you deem vintage purchases uh, vintage purchases as economical? I mean, are there certain places out mm-hmm. in Los Angeles in which they go, hey, we know what we have and we're going to hit you? I, I mean, there's definitely those places in L.A., um, I think the part of me that that kind of respects them is that I I can't imagine where they find some of that stuff that they that they that they sell like <laughs> you know well like I think in in New York or whatever like when I see like an OCBD and I'm like okay that's kind of expensive for an Oxford shirt again if it's like a really really old Brooks one that's from like the 40s I'm like yeah sure I get that but in general in LA it's usually stuff that like I probably could not find on my own from those stores like if I'm looking like like those like French workwear or European military stuff that, you know, these guys had probably had to go out to like Europe to go find. Sure. Like that, that, so that Mm. stuff is pretty expensive. Um, But I guess that's where it usually stays in LA because in LA you don't really have too much tailoring, you know? So that stuff is either just not sold. So we don't, we don't get ripped off at the, uh, at the vintage um, vintage stores for it. Um, because you can still kind of find vintage tailoring um, that might have been better before, but now it's probably in the hands of costumers, <laughs> you mm. know. Um, so it's a it's a little bit hard to find it, and some places still might charge you a little bit more for it. Um, but it's it really depends on what you're looking for, and I I still think eBay or Etsy still kind of blows everything out of the water. Um, unless you're like going out and like finding it yourself, like, you know, you're going, you're, you know, doing trips to like middle of nowhere towns and like, you know, California, just like, like in mid, in like the middle of California and you go to like some thrift store where, you know, a guy had suits for like 50 years and, you know, he passed away and he sold it. Like, unless you're doing that, like eBay and Etsy are still probably the best places to to find stuff. So, yeah, I want to kind of be comparative. Mm -hmm. So... When you're going online, yeah, does the same does the same rule apply in terms of, you know, economically, on average, you're finding good deals. And also, I'd like you, if you don't mind, I know it's a two parter, 
forgive me. Mm-hmm. If you could kind of do a breakdown for the audience and just tell me like, hey, common price for a pant, for oh, you yeah. know, a OCBD, you know, for a, a sport jacket, for a suit, you know, for a fedora. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm really yeah. curious. So yeah, when I when I was looking, you know, maybe two to five years ago, um, I think like most shirts were like less than forty dollars. You know, like just just in general. Again, it depends on the taste, right? Like and and, and brand names as well. Like before, I would look up just OC, like just vintage OCBD, like on like just blanket search on eBay, and I would just look. And of course, when it's that vague, you're gonna get really cheap prices because people probably don't know what they have. People are trying to get uh, trying to just let stuff go. But of course, if you're trying to go like brooks brothers makers ocbd you know you want that like you want to find like the 80s 90s label what's the more the more stuff you put on it obviously the more curated it's going to get and the, the the chances of someone knowing what they have and knowing how much that is worth other people will get higher um but even then back then it was like you know less than 100 bucks you know suits mm. i found southwick suits between like 100 to 200 bucks sometimes even cheaper i remember a guy was like you know happened to be selling three suits uh, three Southwick Brooks Brothers suits for like twenty five dollars each. Pretty Whoa. crazy. And sixties, they just like three roll two, kind of like a a thinner, like not not too thin, but like kind of like a medium lapel, swelled edges. One of them was three piece. I you know I I messaged him way back in the day, and I'm like, hey, like that's my size. Can I buy all three? He's like, here you can have it for like fifty bucks instead of like you know seventy five. So it was it's pretty wow. crazy. But like I mean I'm sure that stuff still happens. You know I I just I as you can see behind me I have so many clothes I don't really hunt as much anymore. But right. those kind of prices, you know, like like a fedora for like a hundred, you know, depending on the condition of it, um, ties for less than forty, stuff like that has kind of like spoiled me for today. You know, <laughs> I didn't I didn't expect, right? You know, with TikTok and and, and vintage becoming so popular, and, and all, as, as well as kind of my taste in clothing or elements of it kind of becoming popular again, like the big pants, pleats, and everything. You know, that has also kind of made vintage prices go up. Um, so, but yeah, like I, I'm, I try and stick pretty economically conservative or frugal with like my prices. And even now when I'm looking for this stuff, I try and set those barriers. You know, I, I try and, you know, if it, if it has like a best offer option, I'll, I'll, I'll cap it out. I'll be like, okay, here we go. Or I'll bid. And if it goes higher than that, I'm like, well, maybe I'll find it again someday, you know? So I, I try and do that again. I don't have to do that. You know, if I, if I was a guy who was trying to build a wardrobe from scratch, maybe I would have to pay those prices. Um, but Nowadays, it's kind of like, well, maybe I didn't need that OCBD anymore, you right. know. So <laughs> it's all it's all additive at this point. Um, right. But yeah, those those prices are kind of what I do, and especially if I'm going to you know flea markets or whatever, I try and use those in my head. You know, I'm like, okay, I, I pick up a shirt, I know that the max I would pay is eighty bucks. I'd go, you know, and I try and haggle with the guy, and if not, I'll walk away with it. You know, and I think um, sometimes you still you still get success. I still I still encourage people to go out to flea markets because. Um, you know, you never know what you're gonna find. Like, I I've still found like OCBDs at flea markets in LA, where I'm surprised because I'm like, well, typically the flea market's full of like workwear denim or or like '90s tees, and sometimes you'll find, you know, a nice button-down collar shirt or a dress shirt, and you'll be like, oh, well, you know, maybe maybe they they'll give it to me for cheap because people don't really buy, wear or buy that in LA, and so it still works out too. But yeah, and for the audience, OCBD open collar button down. Yeah, because. Sometimes we could get caught up in jargon and we don't know who else is listening. So, (laughs) (laughs) so how many stores in the LA or surrounding LA area could an individual 
find items? Like, is it like two stores, five stores? You know, you're a big city. I'm a big city. Yeah, I mean, if you want to expand to like the 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 greater Los Angeles County, yes, which has yeah, like the that, eight, you know, like the, no the fifty. You know, it's it's crazy how big L.A. is because it, it well, L.A. as a city is probably normal, but like L.A. is a county, so like it incorporates like fifty cities. Um, well, I mean, for me, I, I try and I always like going to like the good, like the local Goodwills. Like if, I, if I'm in an area mm. and I'm bored, you know, if I'm, you know, waiting for coffee or, or waiting for someone else, I'll, I'll like try and hit up like a local Goodwill and kind of see what they have there. And usually, again, if we just think about like things in terms of like what a regular guy might have worn like you might find like yeah brooks brothers shirts or just you know no label um or defunct label oxford uh, cloth button down collar shirts um and you and, and wool pleated pants i keep telling you know people are always like oh i can't find anything i'm like dude there's so many pleated trousers at flea markets or, or sorry really? at, at, at goodwills yeah i mean it's you know, I mean, if you wanted like, you know, everyone's buying like the Docker straight leg work pants or, or like the, the Carhartts or whatever. But if you just find like like pleated chinos, you know, that are kind of similar to like the Ralph Lauren Andrew cotton pants like they there's so much of them. At my, I mean, even at my local Goodwill, that's like, you know, five minutes from where I live. There's there's always so much of them. I mean, I don't again, I don't need pleated chinos at this point because I already have some. But if people needed them, like they're they're already there or just like sometimes I find like, yeah like vintage being like 80s 90s or early 2000s brooks brothers pants that are pleated you know gabardine you know whatever like they're they're there because i'm like okay that's probably what like a an old dude would have kept wearing and you know and and they're fine like you know they're usually in great condition sometimes you know maybe like there's some moth holes or like they've been pressed too much they like the like the, uh, the 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 wool is burnt but there's usually like some kind of like plated trouser you know i feel like not not that you shouldn't, you know, support small business, but like, you know, if you wanted to start out, you could probably find a pair of charcoal gray pleated trousers at your local Goodwill. Mm. And I'm sure there's a bunch of sizes, you know, because people pass on their clothes at multiple stages of their life. You know, you can probably find one in your size and, you just, and all you do is hem it. If if you like my style where like you you want to keep those big pants, all I do is just hem the trouser, get a cuff there, and that's it. Maybe adjust the waist, but like, you know. And even if you wanted to like get it more tailored or whatever, like back in the day, I would thrift pants and I, I would, it, it, then it doesn't matter how big they are. You would just go to my tailor and I would taper it down and get it hemmed. And there you go. You don't, you didn't have to go to, you know, get some custom made trousers. So hmm. that, that, that was like my MO for a long time. But like, yeah, you can still find that kind of stuff. Um, but if we're talking like specific vintage stores, um, there's like, you know, three or four like ones that focus like a lot on like the workwear mil milserp stuff. Obviously, if you're in the LA, LA area, like I'm talking like downtown arts district or even like West LA, it's gonna be more curated. You know, the people up there are are charging a premium because, you know, the people who are buying it are probably other designers, you know, there are there's other well to do people who just don't aren't like, you know, the ones searching for stuff. So if you don't want to do that, you can find those places. Like, I mean, I think Western Gifts in Highland Park is one of the best ones. He does a lot of European workwear, which I think I can't even find, you know. And even mm. on eBay, you don't really find that either. So he's got some really great stuff and, and some handfuls of, like, tailoring and everything. Um, there used to be a place I loved. I think they're still on on uh, on IG now because they closed during the pandemic. But Paper Moon Vintage was always one of my favorite ones. They specialize in like 1920s to 1960s clothing. And mm -hmm. their men's selection was always really, really good. A lot of my early suits 
that I I passed on because I think we talked about before, which is too hot to wear in LA. I don't know. I don't know how the vintage <laughs> was, guys do it. I wasn't bringing yeah. uh, bring that up, but since <laughs> you have, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, all of those like double breasted, like they they were great. They're just so heavy, and I think I've just gotten sensitive skin over the years. Uh, it just makes me feel uncomfortable now. Um, but yeah, you know, they would sell to a lot of the swing dancers, to other customers, and just regular mm. guys. And that place is really good. I think again, they just sell online now. Um, and uh, and yeah, there's a couple places like in, in Long Beach as well. Uh, but I do want to shout out my absolute favorite vintage store, Joyride Vintage in Orange County. Um, if anyone follows me, you'll know that I'm I'm usually hanging out there like once a month, and I, I post those ones. Uh, I post stuff from of the guys who work there and the uh, you know just the store in general. I love I love the curation there, and they're really they're I mean you know again this isn't like cheap stuff. We're not, we're not like thrifting, but they're, they're relatively affordable vintage and they have some great stuff. Again, like I, whenever time I go there, I try on whatever they've, they've, they've just got in and uh, it, it, it's a great spot, but that's, that's one really great place. Um, but again, if, if you want to try and hunt, then you just go to Goodwills, you go to the flea markets, you know, Rose Bowl is the second Sunday. Uh, Long I, Beach. Wanna, I want, I want to talk about that. Because, oh yeah. Yeah. We can. Yeah. Yeah. I've read about that and I know you went, I believe you went recently yeah, I yeah. wanna I wanna carve out uh, a spot on the pod for us to talk about this thing because it just sounds fascinating from a New York perspective. <laughs> like wh- what? Like, yeah, what is this? It's it's really an amazing place. I mean, so for those of you who don't know, Rose Bowl, the Rose Bowl is like this little stadium in Pasadena. Um, you know, these for college games and concerts. But every second Sunday of the month they do this really big um, flea market. I don't know exactly if it's like the biggest flea market because I think that there's Alameda and like the Bay Area. I don't, I don't know the sizes, but it's it's pretty big. And it, it is, people like drive out, like not, I'm not saying like within LA, I'm talking like people have, I've seen people like come down from the Bay Area just for like the couple hours of, uh, of you know, a picking and then they, they drive home, you know? That, that, that that's crazy maybe yeah. they get a, an airbnb in the evening maybe i might be exaggerating no, but, but I, I get what you're saying far yeah, and wide yeah. exactly yeah and and even the sellers like i see a lot of you know japanese sellers they come in um they, they sell stuff there there's also japanese buyers i mean california also has a lot of has, has, a, has a japanese population so i'm also not surprised there but i mean like the amount of stuff you get there is is just so amazing and I think again with the pandemic and again with TikTok and the whole vintage craze kind of coming back in in various eras, that like it's only gotten bigger. You know, I remember one time during the pandemic when, of course, you had to have like capacity uh, stuff for a lot oh, of sure. like out, events. I remember I got there half an hour before my friends. I got in, they couldn't like they and they capped it. And it was only like it 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 goes from six till three. Um, of course, the premium pricing for you know early bird is six till nine, and then from nine till close, it's the regular price. I got there, yeah, shortly after nine o'clock, and they got there like at maybe ten, cap the capacity, you know. Whoa. Yeah, but I mean nowadays they don't they don't have that anymore. Right, right, right. Uh, right. Thankfully, right. But the, I remember that one; it was so disappointing for them because like they drove out yeah. and then they were like, "Well, can't can't do anything now," you know. Um, uh. But yeah, it's it's amazing. You know, there's there's if you want furniture, they've got plenty of people who do furniture. You know, there's there's a couple of like craft people. You know, like like kind of like local craftsmen who like who like probably make mid century styled furniture and and blankets and everything. But there's just there is just so much. You know, like every I mean, most of the booths kind of look the same, right? They have like a section for like vintage watches. They have like jewelry. You know, like Navajo Western jewelry. They got costume jewelry for women. Um, 
it's like usually people who have like racks of vintage 90s t-shirts that are that are expensive as hell you know um and of course you got like the workwear guys and everything and then and then of course you've got like just piles of clothes on the ground you know and sometimes those are like oh everything's a dollar everything's you know one to five dollars or it's the people who like it's still a pile but you gotta take it to them and go how much is this and then they 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 eyeball it and they tell you you know so you've got you've got all of that happening and this is all in the rose bowl parking lot correct the parking lot yeah it's not in the stadium it's just all it, it right. literally like around it like it's like in like a horseshoe around shape it. it's just yeah around around the uh the rose bowl itself it's no, yeah, right, right, like right, a right. U. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. whoa and yeah. I mean, and I mean, there's no empty slots. Is that correct? I mean, is that how uh, yeah? I mean, it's just so extensive. Yeah, I mean, especially during like the like the early fall, like right now, you know, before it gets to what you know, California, LA people call cold, yeah. right? Oh. Yeah, you know, I got you. Uh, but like that, it's like it's that that's like the time where people like the most people show up to sell and the most people come up to buy because it's like the perfect weather to be outside, you know, doing this, right? Like right. the sun is, the sun is out and, you know, it might be like 60 degrees, but you're still sweating, walking around, you sure. know, going from place to place. And, uh, you know, I think it gets probably the most sparse, you know, when it's like the rainy season, like in April to like June area. And then of course, when it's like j- July and August, when it's just like a hundred degrees, like people aren't really out, but of course you might find better deals because people, you know, don't want to be there that long. Um, so there was a time where I would go like every month and then that's how you see all that stuff behind me. Really? Um, yeah. I mean, not, not all of it, but like, you know, a lot of my casual items came directly from the Rose Bowl. Again, you're not going to find guys selling like, you know, Ivy League sack suits or OCBDs. You might find them, you know, if like, you know, you know, if you pick it up from the rack and, you know, some people just might have it, but most of it is like, you know, t-shirts, sweatshirts, you know, yeah, knitwear, um, casual jackets leather jackets and especially a lot of milserp and workwear and that's mm. where i kind of built almost all like, every time you see me wear workwear and milserp like it's probably i got it from the rose bowl flea market or or one of the other flea markets that are in uh, la and so if, if that's what people like then you gotta you gotta get out there um and and grab it you know it's just it's it's there <laughs> i've been to la i remember reading about the Rose Bowl, I don't know when, just, I don't know, five, ten years ago, and it just seemed fascinating. I've been to L.A. once, so I couldn't incorporate it because, like you said, you yeah. know, the timing is very specific. Yeah. It sounds like it is virtually impossible to go through every vendor in one day. Would I be correct? I would definitely say so if it's like one of your first times, you know, like if you're unable to. Well, let's put it this way. If you want to experience each booth, then, yeah, you can't you can't do it all right. of it in one day. Right. You Which know, I, I mean, the, the, yeah, but the, there are sections to it, you know, like so again, like it's a U shape. And like I said, there's a lot of people who sell like furniture. So like if you want to specifically go to clothes. Obviously, there are clothes people spread out throughout the, the horseshoe, but there is one specific section that is like just clothing vendors. Oh. Um, and it's like it's across like the I call it across the bridge. It's te- or it's called if you look at a map, it's called like the white section. Like that's just like how they zone it out. Right. Um, and that's where like, yeah, like all the all of the clothing people are. And so you could you could spend a whole day in that section as well. Mm. Um, but, you know, if, if you go in there with like a game plan, like, OK, well, like I want to walk out of here with you know, OG 107 fatigues, you know, I, I want to come out of here with a, with a specific type of, you know, band t-shirt or rap t-shirt or whatever. Like 
you could probably hit specific because you know you, you'll you'll see it. You can be like, okay, well that guy is selling milsip. Okay, I don't, I don't need milsip right now, so I can afford I can avoid that booth. You know, so you can you can the more you go there, the more honed in you are. So like now I'm only there for like maybe like two hours. I don't really, really? need furniture as much. I mean, I have my my desk and everything. Um, so I don't at this point I don't really need furniture, but if I did, I could probably go there and focus on that rather than the clothes. Probably would be more interesting, you know, and a new experience <laughs> for me at this point, you know. Since you live out there and you, you know, and this is your this is your thing. Mm-hmm. Are there a lot of vendors you now know when you go there or is it still hit or miss? How how does that work? Yeah, I mean it's funny, like I I do love meeting people, but I feel like when I'm in that mode, I'm kind of like just in the zone and um mm. There are a couple of vendors that I that I do know uh, outside of it. I probably met them at other vintage events. There is this thing called Inspiration LA. Uh, they I think they did one in New York once, um, but that was kind of like a military or milserp workwear leather jacket kind of thing, like the kind of the the vintage that most people kind of think about, you know, when they think of like you know vintage style with like the fatigues and everything. It used to be like a kind of like a convention or like a trade show for people who who made mm. that kind of stuff, and so. I would meet the people at, at those events because like, you know, some of them would sell to other designers who happened to be there. So I would like, you know, you'd meet, you'd meet them. Um, they would also sell at that event. Um, so there are some people I, I do know. Um, and it's fun to catch up with them. You know, sometimes they'll, they'll give you a deal on something if they have something that you like. Like recently um, I picked up like these 1940s sunglasses, which might not have been a great purchase because I feel like they are, they're going to break, fall apart. You know, yeah, they're yeah, you know, I don't know. Bro. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, if they're, uh, I feel like you know, they're probably like some novelty one, but like I, I really wanted them, and they're, they're really cool. And I guess it's one of those things where if I bought like the expensive version, I guess I, I test drove the originals, and like okay, now, <laughs> now, now I know I like the shape, and so I can like use that. I, I get that aspect of it. But yeah, he gave me a deal on those, um, and then you know. It's it's fun to see that, but most of the time, like I mean, nowadays I feel like there's just new sellers each time. I, I met a new seller um, the last time I was there, this this past one that you referenced, and um, normally I don't I don't talk too much. You know, obviously I'm just kind of there to try on stuff, and it's also early in the morning. I I don't eat breakfast when I go there, so it's what? like I, I I go there from like yeah. I mean, I know nine is not too early, but like I wake up, quick shower, get there, like go nine, end at like eleven or twelve, and like you know you're pretty. You know, it, it can be, you can get cranky if you're not eating anything. And of course I could bring something. I just, I don't think about it. I just leave, you know? And so, but uh, this past time I was there with a friend, I ran into a friend and we, then we would kind of walk around together and, you know, he was in a chatty mood and we talked to this, this new guy and he's like, yeah, I, I just moved here, you know? And he's like, he's been a vintage seller and it was really cool to meet people like that. And uh, he did like give us the, I ended up buying like a, like a, just a shirt from him and it was a little beat up, um, but nothing that, um, that I or my tailor can't fix. And so sometimes that, yeah, that, that, that stuff kind of happens, which is, which is really great. Um, but other, otherwise, you know, I mean, they're, they're, they're really friendly, even if you don't become like friends with them or follow them on Instagram. Um, Cause these people, at least the ones that I I've talked to just briefly, like they really love selling clothing and they're very knowledgeable. Um, and it does make you appreciate, you know, what they have to sell. Um, and so, I mean, most of my haggling is always done with the people who just have like, who don't know what they have and they just kind of throw out a number and just kind of you know when when yeah, yeah when it's like those those piles of clothes you just pull out you know you find a, a find a great thing you know and you're like how much is this and they go okay like 50 bucks like well can you do like 30 dollars you know and then that you know when, when you don't know them it's easier to do that you know so right 
that's that's the best part but i mean but yeah it's it's if you if you go by yourself and you know there's a chance you can make some friends out there um and, and at least some contacts and um you know if you ever feel like you know you want to dm them I, I know some sellers don't like that you know if you go like hey if you find this let me know like you know they don't they don't do commission stuff or and some of them do so it's but it's good to like meet people to to kind of find that if that's what you how you want to find your clothes right now you know and i know you love new york yeah and really how this second episode came meaning your return is we saw each other at a rolling blazers party that's right right so we met irl yeah (laughs) I recognize you immediately. You seem to recognize me immediately. Yeah. So <laughs> the point is, I know you love coming to New York. I know you hate our weather. My point is, you you know, you're a Los Angeles native. You come visit New York. How do you feel? And I think the listeners would be curious. How do you feel the New York City vintage store game compares to L.A.? What do you like about our offerings i mean number one you guys have just more tailoring i think obviously right like you think east coast in general you have more of a reason to wear you know tailored clothing by which i mean obviously sport coats button-up shirts that are meant to be worn with a tie chinos except chinos that are not military chinos and of course you know like leather dress shoes like that's just something that the east coast in general just seems to have a lot of and in new york you know with the amount of people who are there who pass through and you know, who live there, I feel like you find that stuff a lot more. And I think that that's really the best part about, um, for me, at least when I, when I get to visit New York and kind of look around there, you know, you get, of course, all of the great modern contemporary stories, but then you go to a thrift store or, or just a, even a curated vintage store, you find like, yeah, Brooks Brothers or even modern, a modern contemporary, uh, like contemporary mentor brands. Like I saw an Anglo-Italian suit at this, at this uh, secondhand store. It didn't fit me. It seemed to be made for a much smaller guy. But like that, that would never happen in LA. Like, you know, you don't find, you don't really find, yeah, like the armory or whatever, you know, in a, in a, in a secondhand store in, in Los Angeles, or even, you know, I, I can't even think of like, like Sid Mashburn, I think is a, a, a contemporary brand. Um, and I've, I've never found that at a, at a, at a Goodwill or whatever here. So like the fact that, that exists in New York is, is pretty crazy. And I'm not surprised that a lot of that, that, that kind of tailoring kind of survives in L- in new york whether you work in menswear or not because of just how much how, how much you can find that of, of cool garments like that um and so like going to i forgot what it was called i i feel so bad because I, I when i was last there a friend of mine who basically buys designer secondhand stuff he was curious what i thought so he took me to his spots too and um there was one place again that had like you know yoji yamamoto stuff but also again that that anglo-italian uh suits so, again seeing those two things together in a secondhand store was so like that was mind-blowing to me mm-hmm. um and then of course you know going to uh like williamsburg in, in brooklyn and seeing the stuff that they have there um in terms of tailoring and ocbds is is, is just fascinating um and yeah i i like that i like seeing it um, but of course, it's a little bit pricier than I that I that I would want to do because I'm again I'm used to the eBay and Etsy stuff of it, um, right. and sometimes it is like right on the mark where it's like okay, well, it is what I would expect to pay for it, and then there are some times where I'm like, well, that's just too much, you know. <laughs> but it is it is great to to physically see and handle it again because at the flea markets here, like you're not gonna really find much in the way of tailoring. Most ties are probably going to be stained, whereas 
in New York, if you find a secondhand tie, it's probably in still pretty good condition, you know. Um, but but yeah, it's uh, I always love hopefully being able to go out to those secondhand stores, whether it's curated or not, and, and in New York, and just seeing what I can find. Um, I think the last time I was was there, I, I kind of bought some like you know 1930s ties, um, and uh, I know it's pretty small, but again. There's already a lot of 1930s ties behind me, so I, I only yeah. needed the color I did not have, you know. So, what was what's your favorite vintage store in New York City? Putting you on Ooh, the spot. okay, yeah, yeah, okay. So, one of uh, I think Church Church Street yep. Surplus, I think is what it's called. Yep. They that's where I got those vintage ties from. He has some great oh. ties over there. Um, and, and doesn't have to be thirties or not. I think I was looking at some of the nineties ties. And of course, once you get past some of the crazier yuppie ties, there are some, there's some good stuff there. I, I don't really discriminate with like eras on ties, as long as the material isn't like fully polyester, obviously, or if it's, you know, um, of course the pattern is just tasteful in, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, that's where I bought the ties. Um, I can't speak too much to the, to the, to the actual vintage, like military stuff. Of course it might, it might rival what we find in LA anyway. Um, but I mean, I think like the first time I went, which is like five years ago, they had some like Gurkha pants that I had never seen in person before. So, so that was pretty cool to see. Um, I mean, that's a good spot. And then I don't think anyone is, I, I think some people might be upset with me for saying this, but I think that 10 foot single by Stella Dallas in, uh, in Williamsburg is a great spot as well. Um, I remember the first time I went there, um, my friend said, don't tell anybody about the spot. But then it's like, I mean, I think people I, I started seeing it on tiktok and i feel like that made that let me have the freedom to, to share yeah. it at that point um <laughs> but i like that place a lot so when i when i went there uh that that kind of reminded me the most of like an la vintage spot just because of like this the mixture they had some leather jackets they had some tailoring obviously not like they have some like full suits there but it wasn't like the like in la you get a lot of like the swing dancer stuff which is um mm. you know it, it, it's meant for that kind of crowd whereas i feel like in in new york like, you know, some cool hipster artsy guy could, could probably buy like a, a vintage 40 suit and kind of wear it in a different way as opposed to here where there is like a dedicated like rockabilly swing scene. Um, and that's not to say that there's there's like a, there's some cool vintage scenes in, in New York as well. But I feel like the, the vibe is a little bit different. But anyway, at 10 foot single, um, what I like buying there is like the preppy stuff or the, like the, the kind of Ivy trad stuff. Because obviously there's no spear point collars, but they like last time I was there, I bought like brooks brothers ocbds and it's not super cheap but it is the same price as like what i would get on ebay between like 30 to 60 dollars depending on the era of brooks brothers it's from so i'm like oh shit like well, that's great and i can actually try it on i can you know it can fit my neck i don't have to like buy something like oh mel the, the the seller messed up on this one i gotta give it to a friend or return it um i also bought like a pair of like madras two pairs of madras pants there which crazy like you know like the kind of like not I know Madras isn't like go to hell, but like, you know, the kind of like fun, bold, preppy stuff that you find there is, is really cool versus in LA, you might find like Lacoste polo, something something more basic that like an LA preppy person would, would maybe wear. Like, you know, like you don't have like the fun East Coast, you know, like Wasp you know, Hamptons in like the summertime kind of a thing, which I found there at still at a ten foot single. Um, I feel like if you go there looking for like, oh, I want a place to find like immaculate three-piece Savile Row suits, you know, if they happen to have it, sure. But like, I'm, I always, I don't really have too much expectations and I'm always there finding like just regular stuff like ties, pants, um, and, and shirts. And every time I go there, I find, 
I find those things. And so I really recommend going out to that place because um, it, it's just it's just really cool. And it's priced affordably, if not what exactly what you'd expect at a reasonable price. Those are the main the main two spots I feel like um, when I when I went to New York, I always love visiting. Gotcha. Yeah, we're the best. So <laughs> <laughs> moving on. <laughs> so for a person who's interested in vintage, doesn't know much about it. Yeah. Do you feel what what is the response when you're wearing an item, an ensemble, which you know is vintage sourced? You know, I think before the pandemic, I think people were relatively nice. I mean, I never really got, I call it like menswear trauma. Like the, it's like, it's fake. It's not real. Like of like the, oh, like, why are you so dressed up? You know, it's, not, it's not a real dig. You know, people wanted to be meaner. They probably could. Um, but I didn't get too much of that. I think also just because I've been doing it for such a long time, people might get that vibe for me in general. Um, but nowadays, I think people do like they can recognize it as like vintage now because I think, you know, of how popular it's kind of coming back. Um, and they, they probably recognize how much modern designers are, are referencing vintage. You know, like we see like Gucci is like doing 70s stuff. Right. Like I think. And so if you dress in that way, people they won't say that you're dressing Gucci, but they can probably recognize, oh, that's like a specific look versus like, you know, just looking dressed up, which I think is, is really cool. People are a, people can discern taste, which I always felt people could. They just needed like the vocabulary or the or the reference point to kind of point uh, to kind of uh, use. Um, but yeah, I mean, most, but most of the time nowadays, now that I've like gotten vintage or uh, gotten tailoring that kind of mimics vintage in terms of silhouette, I, I get it more. I think when I'm wearing like vintage, like casual pieces, you know, especially like if, if you wear like wide leg jeans with like white socks and like a, a casual jacket, that's kind of cropped, you know, you look like a, some kind of greaser or some kind of like, uh, you know, a, a background character in, in some like fifties movie or something. Right. And I feel like some people do recognize that as well. Um, but it's also cause I, I intentionally like those casual looks and those specific, um, aesthetics. So of course I'm, I'm intentionally doing that. And so people, you know, it, getting that response from people who can recognize it is like a positive in my, in my, in my book. Um, but yeah, I mean, or, you know, even if it's like a tie, people can be like, oh, wow, look, like, is that a vintage shine? Like, yeah, it is a vintage shine. Cause you know, they don't really make them like this anymore the, the the designs don't look like this you know you don't have like those big square motifs and those abstract patterns and and so it is it is cool to get those comments every once in a while and especially if you can educate if they ask like what makes it vintage like oh well i'm glad you asked and then, you know i can and i can show them not just the pattern but you know you take out the tie and you look look how thin it is like the like the, the interlining is thin it's got like a hand rolled edge or it's untipped you know, and you can say, okay, look, it's shorter because back then pants were higher. So obviously the ties were shorter, you know, just if people are willing to to learn, I'm, I'm glad to like kind of talk about them until they tell me to shut up. <laughs> <You know? laughs> the same goes for like jackets too. Like, oh, look at like the lapel and, and everything like that. Do you feel as a broad generalization that the items that you have sourced and acquired are better quality than contemporary items? That's a good question. I think I think yes when we're comparing it to like the mall. I think that that's kind of the idea here. I mean, it's cuz back then, I mean, it's like not everyone was buying like a hand 
like a hand done Savile. I mean, Savile Row still existed back then, and that was still like a high regard, you know, uh, a, a mark of of of, of uh, quality. Um, but you know, like if we think about like department store suits, or I mean, even Brooks Brothers stuff, you know, um, I personally feel like that there was it, it feels better quality, or just you know, there's just like this heft to vintage. Obviously, like you know, the looms weren't made to spin as thin as they are today, right? So you don't really have like those super one twenties, you know, ultra fine kind of kind of garments, you know. So back then, it just if if like a hardiness is like a is like a is a metric of quality and it is for some people i think that with vintage you absolutely get that you know um but if we're comparing like apples to apples here like you know if you think about like garments back then that were made for department stores that were made um like mass produced to be like as if it was like the mall i think that yeah vintage is a higher quality um than those things you know you can't like i i'm famously not into the to the j crew ludlow suit um just because of aesthetics um but when, when when you feel like you know again why people buy like vintage Brooks Brothers like you just compare the two it it it's it just feels better you know mm-hmm. and um, of course when you introduce things like okay well you know like if you think about like a Ludlow suit that has a name brand like cloth in it of course that's going to be harder because like those name brand cloth or those fabric mills are probably made in like a specific way that, that that does have a lot of quality so like that 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 starts to get harder to compare to but like for like a run-of-the-mill let's just say like a jc penny suit versus like i don't know a heart shafter mark suit from like the 30s you know like you compare those two the heart shafter marks is just gonna be way better you know and there's there's plenty of like no name mills that i'm sure if you look up like some local factory that made suits you know those are probably just you know spun and made way better than yeah again like jc penny macy's um you know, Jossie Bank, et cetera. You know, South Southwick is a good example of like, you know, just a big factory that made suits for a long time uh, in America. And if you find like a Southwick made vintage suit, you know, the chances are you're probably getting a really, a really good quality garment. So if people are, you know, building wardrobes in that way and they can find those things, you know, whether it's at a vintage store or flea market or at on eBay, like that's a, a good place to, to look at, you know, looking at those labels. What, because I know, again, game recognized game. You have a significant wardrobe. So it's going to be a tough-ass question for you. I'm ready. It's, it's intentional. I know you're ready. What is the best, whether it was online or in-store, Rose Bowl, what have you, what was your best acquisition? Whatever Ooh. best means for you. What was your best vintage acquisition? Oh, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I have like a couple of them if you don't mind me, me sharing some of the, uh, yeah, some of the stories because there's there's different metrics. I remember one time um, I was at Dapper Day, which is like this you know this kind of fun you know yes. it's like a fun dress up event. You know it's 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 not serious. It's just meant for people to come. You know go to not just Disneyland. They have other stuff too, but it, they're mainly known for their Disneyland events. Um, but they have like an expo space where they have like live jazz music. It's it's a really fun time, and they have vintage sellers there as well. And I remember going there and I saw this flex suit and I was like, oh, what is this? And it said like 1950s flex suit, like $75. Like, first off, that's crazy. You shouldn't sell that for that little because, you know, it's a pretty, even if 1950s, you know, with its like big shoulders, you know, the very Ricky Ricardo look, I'm not a huge fan of that aesthetic, but I was like, I was kind of, I'm like, wow, okay, that's interesting. Like, it's so cheap. I pull it out and I'm like, that's not 50s. I'm looking at it. It's three roll two soft shoulders. It's got pleated trousers. And I look at the label, 
it's Kamoshida United Arrows, which is like a Japanese brand. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. $75. And again, like, you know, <laughs> Kamoshida, you know, it's, it's not it's not cheap. You know, it, it's it, I also know it's not like it's not bespoke or anything, but it's like, you know, it's it's a pretty well-known China. Japanese brand, yeah. if you know it. Yeah. And it's like wool silk linen, super soft. And I'm like, wow. The issue was I couldn't try it on. So at the place, um, this is not during the pandemic. This is years ago. I think they just this is before they started bringing like those like little tents people could actually try on clothing, mm. you know. Otherwise, in the, some sellers probably wouldn't let you take it to the bathroom. Understandable. Um, but yeah, I bought it and it and it was great and it was one of my favorite suits for a long time. It was just again this really lightweight green suit that I kind of made up. I think if people follow me, they'll they'll know I have a green cotton suit that's kind of like. In my head, it's kind of like replacing that one. Again, I got rid of it because it was just way too... The pants were a little bit more tapered than I'd wear, and I got bigger over the years. So I just... I, and and I guess the previous owner, I'm assuming maybe it was like a guy who bought it in Japan or something. Like he had let it out as much as possible already. <laughs> so I, I, I had like, I had like a, you know, two years of wearing it, and I gave it to a friend of mine who was smaller than me. But that... I'll always remember that one. That one was... That's pretty, pretty crazy. Um I do. I already mentioned the three Southwick suits for for like seventy five yeah. or fifty bucks, something like that. Um, that was pretty awesome. Um, but like, yeah, recently, um, there was a time. I mean, this is probably not special now, um, but to me, it is. I was at my local Goodwill, and I, I think I just decided to go back because I hadn't gone thrifting in a long time. I took a break again. Like I said, I got I took a break from going to the um to the Rose Bowl because I could not. I don't want to keep spending money. You know, you're gonna buy a ticket. You know, you're paying money to go spend money. Um, so I took a break from all of that, and I you know I focused a lot. Um, you know, people know me like I bought like a lot of good shoes over the past years. Um, I I focused on the kind of upgrading and kind of just getting like my custom suits that I really liked and honing my fit. Um, and I took a break from buying. And so I was like, okay, maybe I'll go to my local Goodwill and we'll just see what happens there. And I went in and I found some trousers and I I don't know what it is about. Maybe it's my local Goodwill, but they don't let you try on things. Again, it might be a COVID Mm. thing. They like, they close the, uh, the fitting rooms. Um, and maybe it's also because maybe they're short staffs. Maybe they don't want people to steal things, which also, I guess makes sense with the pandemic. Um, but I, I found two pairs of pants and they were one of them was like this like copper brown. It felt like rayon. I think it's probably polyester, but it felt nice and and like <laughs> it felt like rayon, like the gabardine feeling. And it was really good. So I was like, you know, I, I don't mind this. And, you know, it doesn't feel like the rough, dry polyester right, right, that people right. think of. Right. So there was that. And then there were these pants that feel like not like they're kind of like crepey. Like there's like a little bit of a shine to them, like or like a fleck, but not really. It's just kind of like how shimmering or iridescent the fabric is and like light it was like an 80s pair of trousers um they were like in this charcoal gray i thought they were polyester it had the 100 percent wool tag in it i'm like oh man this is crazy i bought both of them and they i, I tried them on i'm like well i hope i don't have to return these ten dollar pants you know because at goodwill right now it's not returning you have to exchange it i'm like well i don't i don't uh, know what they're gonna have and they fit perfectly like they just no tailoring necessary um, one of them was side tab in the trouser and one of them was um, just a regular belt loops. And I, I was so happy with them and I, I love them. I, I wear them a lot. I wore the black or the charcoal gray ones on my birthday. I've worn those brown um, rayon ish trousers um, a lot and they're, they're really great. And I I didn't even have them. I did nothing to them. They just, they fit right off the rack. 
And that has been one of my favorite things. And so it's, it's proof to me. I'm like, man, if you want pants, you can find that. You can still find that stuff. They're double pleated, you know, and it's, you know, each one was like, yeah, less than $15. So can't, can't beat that. That's been my favorite thing that happened. And that was only like, yeah, for my birthday was in July. That was only like half a year ago or a little less than half a year ago. So, yeah. What was the worst vintage acquisition either in store or online ethan oh man i remember going to this i'm not going to name the store but it's a very expensive vintage store and um i kind of thought we were there to hang out and uh you know kind of felt like okay maybe he does expect me to buy something here and i and i did that i found i found something that I, I really liked and i have bought vintage brooks brothers on ebay before for like less than 100 bucks you know i still have one of them it's a gray plaid um tweed jacket one of my favorites um it has like the three four six and it's from the, it's from the 60s it's a literal 60s sack jacket i got it for less than 100 bucks hmm. i picked out this like brown tweed jacket and um he was like well normally it'd be 400 bucks but i can give it to you for for like 250 or th- i think he did three then he said 250 and i'm like wow that's, uh, that's a lot of money and this is before when i was working like i was working retail at the time um, and so I, I didn't even have like a, a full time, you know, the corporate job that I have now. And so it was a pretty, it was a pretty big deal. I'm like, I and I was the only one in the store because it was like, I thought we were just hanging out. Like I, I was just ah. on his spot. And so I was like, I was like, oh, yeah, like, you know, and I was thinking about it. And I felt this a little bit of pressure in the in those kind of situations. But it was, you know, and I, I did buy it. And it, it is one of my favorite jackets. I look forward to wearing it every time it's, you know, fall, winter. Again, it sucks that it is such a seasonal garment it is a pretty um it's not the spongy tweed like my gray plaid it is one of the kind of heavier not not super scratchy but it definitely has more of a rough texture um but i do wear it a lot i still do uh, you know five years later it's still one of my favorite jackets but i it, it was a lot more than i was expecting you know and this comes from someone who has bought like um I guess ring jacket was never that cheap, but like it, ring jacket was only like a couple hundred dollars more and, and ring jacket for retail is like $1,200. Right. And so, you know, I guess maybe that kind of had that kind of unlocked my threshold for other things, but it was a little bit um, surprising to me again. So like worst is maybe a strong th- word to use, but definitely was like, a, I did not expect to, to spend that much on, on a garment. Um, That's fair. Yeah. Other than that, I think everything else has been pretty, pretty good. I mean, I found not, not, I mean, again, this, I hope this wasn't like me bragging, but like I found like vintage fifties trench coats for like 40 bucks, but like, I didn't really find it. The guy offered it to me at that price. I didn't really do any work. He, I, I, he, he just threw it on me. Well, what was I supposed to do? Yeah, you just... know, and it was, it was honestly that, that story is really funny because it, we went, I went to, it was at Joyride again, one of my favorite vintage shops. I've been friends. I've been going there for years. They, they knew me before the blog even existed. I was just some kid who went, who, you know, made the trek out to Orange County. And uh, it was, it, I got there and I don't know why I didn't expect this, but it just, it was pouring rain. Like it was just one of those random LA days that just, we actually got some real weather and he happened to be selling trench coats and he's all like, no one else but you and your friends are going to buy this because no one really, even though they sell a lot of tailoring, the guys who walk in are probably going to buy a suit for like a wedding or something. They're not going to buy like the whole look, right? And so it's like, like, can you just buy these dang trains? And it's also raining. Like, you're going to need this anyway. So I'm like, <laughs> fine. So me and my friend Spencer both bought vintage 50s trench, uh, trench coats for 50 bucks um, or I think even less than that. And it was, it was really good for a while. Um, I had to give that to a friend because the belt was was like 
it was small. It was, it was really interesting, like where the 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 garment itself was like big because of, of course, you know, back then like really big stuff. But I guess maybe it was meant to be belted like really small, so like you would get a really big chest. Um, but yeah, the belt was uh, was was uh, shorter than I had wanted to, and over the years as I get bigger, I, I just there wasn't enough yeah. to actually tie it, and so I gave it again. I gave it to a friend, and at, at this point, I, I was able to kind of get like a a more practical. I got like a Uniqlo like waterproof one um and i don't think they make it anymore but it feels like a 60s one and i got like an oversized fit so it can fit over my tailoring and that actually is a bit more practical and there's no belt it's more of like a balma can so it just just has mm. buttons on it um but that one was was again a, a really good day and that one did that that trench coat served me well for a, a number of years um but yeah i'm looking back i mean i can't really think of anything else that was like you know too bad i, I can think of stuff where when i buy it i feel regret because um i mean over time uh because it's just not that cold in LA, you know? And I know Ethan. Yeah. Everyone, everyone listening should know that it's just, you know, it's, it's a, it's a warm place. I mean, even yesterday for Thanksgiving, it was like 76 degrees. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was, I was, I was trying to, yeah, I was trying to, you know, break out the cords, you know, have that nice fall. No, no, please. Yeah. Please don't pass out. At the dining room <laughs> table, Ethan. Yeah, not because of food, just because of heat stroke. Right, yeah. right, exactly. Uh, <laughs> I'm trapped. The heat. <laughs> <laughs> just keel over. Um, no, I think you know. There's a couple times I bought like you know nice wool gabardine shirts, you know camp collar shirts, you know Pendleton stuff like that. And you do it because you you like the pattern, you like the the details. Yeah, Pendleton is dope. Just, I have one. Yeah, but then you just don't wear, it. especially for me. Wool shirts are always a regret for me because. I'd rather have a wool jacket because you have that you have like an extra uh, shirt to like kind of protect you from feeling all the rough stuff on your skin. But when it's a shirt, obviously it's directly on you, and I just I get irritated, so I I couldn't do that. Um, but looking behind me, I see I have this uh, this p- uh, naval pea coat from probably like the sixties or so. Really heavy melton wool, big dramatic color. I love it, mm. but it, it is a challenge when I want to when I get to wear it because it's just. You know, when you have too your, heavy for where you heavy. live, don't yeah. freaking wear it. You're a goof. <laughs> or, or when it is cold enough, what do what do I do? Do I do I pick between the pea coat or do I wear the tweed jackets with the sweater vest and the turtlenecks? You know, so it's like, and you can't put all those together. So I have to decide, and my heart lies with the tailoring, and so the casual garments end up kind of staying on the rack. But I am challenging myself this year to be a little bit more casual in the fall winter and not get too excited for my tweed jackets and to break out that pea coat, you know, once in a while, just so it gets that, gets that wear, you know, California confusion. Hey, All that's right. It. Ethan, that's exactly it. I want you to answer these questions that I've posed to you before, but in the realm of what we're talking about, okay. vintage clothing. So why is fashion important? It's important because, it is the ultimate hobby where you get to show off your, your personal taste. And when it's, I can't even think of a better way than for vintage and wearing vintage to kind of show that off all the details, um, all of the expression. That's why it's important because you get to show it. That's, that's why it's so cool. Okay. In the same realm, what difference has fashion made in your life? Oh man. I think, I guess in regards to vintage makes me, (laughs) it makes me embrace being specific. I think that's been one of the mm-hmm. best things, biggest impacts in my life, you know, to kind of be like, okay, well, if it's important, I should focus on this stuff. And um, 
and you know and applying that applying those kind of that kind of taste and that attention detail to other aspects in my life too whether it's my other hobbies has been really formative so i think it's 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 yeah it's great fashion teaches you how to be specific yeah again in the same realm what is the top fashion tip you would give the everyday man so he could look his best mm. i mean learn learn look at look at everything look at what you like especially if, if if it is vintage look at look at look at the vintage garment what it is do you like about it and and you know look at what eras do you like you know all that kind of informs the previous questions you know all of that will 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 come into play and so getting that developing that taste getting that knowledge um is is the best is the best move that's that's the best advice who who do you want to look like you know and what does that mean and last but not least what does always be fly mean to you in the vintage sort of way it means when you're able to combine all the details that you like into a look that makes you happy that's what it means to be fly and it, when it's vintage you have so many details to pick from you have you know so many reference points it, it makes it it enhances the experience you know it, it's not just about looking appropriate right it's about executing that vision of what you wanted and what your taste is and and vintage is just the best way to do that there's just so many details to pick from Ethan Wong, ride or die for vintage, because you're going to die if you wear that Melton wool or that Harris tweed. That's true. Or that corduroy suit. Don't do it, Ethan. Just come (laughs) back to New York. It's fall now. That's true. 50-something degrees. You know you love this place. You know you want to be here. I'll I'll be back. People know. know, I, I can't tear myself away. It's been, you know, once a year for two years, maybe maybe sometime it'll be you know two times a year. Who knows? <laughs> what we do know is I will be back soon at some point. That's that's that's. I'm sure. I hope our paths cross. It was really fun for us, you know, for me specifically to finally you know meet you face to face, person to person. Thank you for taking those photos. That was really cool. I never put them on the gram, but it was just a nice personal recollection. And that, that's what photographs are about, man. I, there's so many photos that I take that don't make it. Inter- I know I post post a lot, but there's still a lot that I keep yeah, for myself, you know? So of course, yeah. of course. Happy to so, oblige. No, no, absolutely. One day I'm going to come out there. And when I come out there, it's going to be a problem. LA. I'm just saying <laughs> you're going to have to make it to the Rose bowl. That, that's what you got to do. You gotta, listen, you gotta... I, like I said, I read about that thing and it just seems so fascinating. And but man, I would really like to go there and not spend a dime, which I know will be impossible. Yeah, I mean, but there's, there's. I always tell people like, if you, if you feel that, I mean, that's kind of empowering, right? You can every nothing matters. You can look at anything you want, and you know that you're not buying it. You can try it on. You can. It is it. empowering when you that's, have that's lived a thing. life like I have through fashion. And fortunate enough not to change overwhelmingly in size throughout the decades. Again, I have a prodigious wardrobe, so I like the self-discipline of going through a place and not purchasing anything. I go, wow, I'm really good. I steeled myself. This is amazing. Absolutely. That's, 
that's 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 the best part you know that's why i like i like i prefer going to the flea market with my friends because they'll, they'll buy it for me they'll be, i'm like that's so cool you should buy this here you go and then i can then i'll see it when they wear it i'm like heck yeah there you go i, I got my jollies from it you know i don't have to i don't have to physically own it anymore that's the whole thing <laughs> ethan wong vintage clothing soldier thank you for the time man <laughs> thank you again reg <laughs> peace Ethan Wong is ride or die for vintage. I respect that. He's built a wardrobe starting with classic menswear and continuing on with workwear. He has stores he frequents, eBay merchants he knows. He's a learned consumer, and that's what we all should be, regardless of the era. You can find Ethan on the Style and Direction podcast. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you had fun and are down for another one. Please tell a friend who could use some fashion help about the podcast or share an episode with them directly. If you enjoy the show, please give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Lastly, if you constantly struggle putting an outfit together and are looking to turn that confusion into confidence, I'd love to talk about how we can improve your work. Check me out at nyfashiongeek.com and email me at reg at nyfashiongeek.com for a consultation. A special shout goes to our producer, Search, and everyone down with the Fashion Geek Podcast. If you have a story suggestion, you can email me at podcast at nyfashiongeek.com or hit me up on the Insta at New York Fashion Geek. And remember, always be fly.